What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, February 7th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the OK Beast. Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. What's up, Greg? Not much. I like this uh, jacket combo you have Thank going you. On appreciate it. I just noticed that we're kind of matching a little bit. We're like, the black crew today, right? Yeah, the black crew. With the I, Well, it's pink, but it's reddish enough. Yeah. It's like black Yeah, and yeah, red. yeah. We got this thing going on. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, I like we, it. Yeah, if you're an audio listener... I'm wearing a black shirt. He's wearing a black jacket. Yeah. I'm wearing a red tie. He's wearing a reddish shirt. Yeah. There you go. We nailed it. Yeah. Thought I'd get more of a reaction out of calling us the black crew from you than I did. So no, I, have, I thought about it. Was, <laughs> it's kind of, that kind of, that joke kind of, if you're an audio listener, you're like, what the fuck is happening over there? Thought I'd get some no, I thought about calling it, but I was like, oh, I'll let that slide. You let it- <laughs> I couldn't think of a, I couldn't think of a funny enough punchline in the moment, so I was like, uh, "Yeah, sure, it's okay. Sure, I'll it's okay. It's okay." Ladies and gentlemen, usually we'd bullshit around, and talk to you about a whole bunch of garbage that's happening, but there's no effing time today, ladies and gentlemen, because there's going to be another Call of Duty game this year. It's been a rough week at Blizzard, and we finally have a Beyond a Good and Evil update. This, ladies and gentlemen, is kind of funny games daily. For the next hour or so, we'll run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can give us your questions, comments, concerns, everything under the video game sun. Plus, you can get the show ad-free and with the exclusive post show. Uh, if you're watching live, you are on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We appreciate your viewership and have a special job for you. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe housekeeping for you now have you i know i wasn't gonna fuck around there's yeah. a million news stories or whatever did you see this thing yesterday with gary wood dude doing he did an amazing job i don't even i don't even i don't even i don't have like, it in me to compete anymore yeah no i was gonna I, I was thinking about this on the way here i was like how who's gonna do this one like today how do I'm we just follow gonna that read up? it as greg ladies and gentlemen if you Honestly, didn't know what don't do shake it. your head and disgust Barry. that's what are we supposed to do gary Witta just he slam a jammed on all of us all right all right you know what I mean? Cool. Like as I was listening, I was like, I, "That can't be Gary Whitta, right?" He like somebody must have recorded that. When Corey like, put up the video that he, where he did like the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday like graphic, I like yeah. li- listening to it. Having been in the room with Gary, I was like, "That's not Gary, right? That's Corey doing yeah. it." And nope. then it was like, "That is still Gary." Yep. That's wild. Anyways, ladies and housekeeping. Dallas, Fort Worth, Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington. Are you ready to get locked and loaded? And Andy Nitro Rifle Cortez will be in town February eighth and 9th, That's Saturday and Sunday for the opening day of Overwatch League season three. There will be panels, activities, meet and greets, and much more. Buy your tickets now at DallasFuel.com and get ready to burn blue. Uh, today, this afternoon, we are streaming dreams. With Media Molecule. It's going to be blessing myself yeah. and Media Molecule. Are you excited? I'm very excited. You got some good questions up here? You've been bringing no, some no, good questions? No, no, I mean, I will. I will. Once bitch. they're in front of me, I'll know okay. what to ask. All I'll right, have good. all the right questions for That's me. happening at twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, 2 p.m. Pacific time. If you can't watch live, it will be up on YouTube later. I doubt this like weekend. I'll talk to Cool Greg, but I don't know when that's going up, but I don't know if it's going up immediately. I mean, Cool Greg is out today, so I'm doing all uploads and stuff today. So you I can expect you to go up today? You're going to edit this? You're gonna uh, this thing? I can edit it. We can put it up tomorrow. Just so, right. yeah. Maybe it'll be up this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got burned with the podcast from the yeah. drunk night. Because we, we do, like, we're also doing stuff right after that stream, too. So There's a lot of stuff yeah. going on today. Yeah, yeah. And I'm on all of it. Yeah. Which I didn't realize so way too late. Texted Damn. Imran Khan. I was like, fuck, can you do games daily? He's like, no, I just woke up. I'm like, oh, Greg, no. I'm with you the entire way, so let's go. Come on, Barrett. Come on, boss, baby. Let's get some lunch in this place, too. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, the nanobiologist, Frank Furter, Blackjack, Patrick Higgins, Mohammed Mohammed, Katie Gallagher, Joe Beezer, Ginny, Dom Dom, Drew Garnier, and Travis Gajkowski. Today, we're brought to you by Manscaped, Brooklyn, and Raid Shadow Legends, but I'll tell you about that later. It's time get into 
what is and forever will be a jam-packed, out-of-this-world, incredible Roper Report. Time for some news! Nine items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen! I hope you didn't want to get your questions read from Patreon.com. We're not going to have any fucking time for you. This is too much goddamn news happening. Number one. Everybody hold on to your hats. If you're driving a car, pull over the shoulder. This one's too shocking to understand. There's going to be a new Call of Duty this year. Whoa. Jeremy Wilson at GameSpot has the following paragraph. Activision Blizzard confirmed that we will absolutely see a brand new Call of Duty game sometime this year. Though, which studio will develop it has yet to be announced. Interestingly, uh, the company said that this year's Call of Duty won't sell as as well as last year's Modern Warfare did during its launch window. No details on platforms were shared, leaving us to wonder if it will be available on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. So, obviously, it's going to be available on PS5 and Xbox Series X. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the Wikipedia because I know, like, there's the three-studio rotation for Call of Duty, right? Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer, Infinity Infinity Ward, and Treyarch. Yep. Right? And I believe this year is Sledgehammer's year because last year was World War II. No. Last, Last year was, year Mar- was Modern, Modern Warfare, Warfare Infinity War. The year before War. that was Black, Black Ops 4, Treyarch. Yes. The year before that, World was War, II, World War II, Sledgehammer. And so next up, you'd imagine it's Sledgehammer. Should be Sledge this year. Yeah. yeah. And so that makes sense. I think the the in- interesting thing from this story is them saying that this year isn't going to sell as much as last year, which I think could mean a couple of things. I think, one, it could mean that because Modern Warfare has the re- name recognition of Modern Warfare, that, of course, helped it to sell more. And maybe yeah. this new game will be a new new Call of Duty Fran- or franchise or name or whatever you want to call it, like Call of Duty, I don't know, man, World War Three or whatever it may I don't be. know, man. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it could be that. It could also be, and I doubt this, but it could also be that maybe it's next-gen exclusive. That's what my bet is. So to be clear, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just joining us and maybe missed the rest of the shows this week, obviously uh, the quarter has ended for December 31st. The financial results are happening. We're having a million investor calls, which is why you're getting so much news and so much of it being very hazy. Because yeah. it's, hey, I'm the CEO and I'm on the phone and I got to talk to all the investors that are listening in and tell them enough information but not tell real information. Mm-hmm. So here we are confirming that, yes, there'll be a new Call of Duty this year. Duh. We have to say that, of course, for stock prices. However, the wrinkle, I find it interesting that they didn't say Sledge because if it's going to be, why wouldn't you? It's, everybody knows this. This is a yeah. usual thing. I think there have been, there have been rumors. I don't even know if rumors are like reports of call of duty being kind of weird over the last couple of years with like sure. I, I know like the the campaign mode for was it black ops 4 you know got yeah, that removed. was the one yeah that was the one that was just multiplayer yeah, yeah and like there i believe there were like some weird things about things getting shifted around delayed that this year could be maybe not a sledgehammer game interesting uh however what i do think you know you might say what a weird thing to say interestingly the company said the year this year's call of duty won't sell as well as last year's modern warfare did during its launch window again this is a call designed for the investors, designed for the shareholders. You need to explain to them in as clearly as possible. Nobody, they don't care who's developing the game. They care how much it sells and how much money they're going to get on their profits. So you need to start prepping them now, what, nine months out, that yes, this game is not going to do what Modern Warfare did. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you um, reading from this, right? No details on platforms leaves me to wonder for sure. So, yeah, this is a next-gen Call of Duty. And if so, then obviously it wouldn't sell as well. It's yeah. called uh, Modern Warfare. But I don't think you, you, can, you don't even need to bring in Modern Warfare like you were, which is true, where yeah. Modern Warfare does have such crazy name recognition. Yeah, that and Black Ops. But, like, I think the thing is, though, for you, if this game came out on both next-gen and current-gen, do you think it still sells less? That's where it gets weird, right? I would think no. I would think I it would sells think no more, also. But, but Modern Warfare is Modern Warfare. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It did do really well. More, more, We have more Modern Warfare news coming up here in a second. Yeah, and I don't see any reason for them to, to only put this on next-gen. Like, it's, I don't think it's on Activision to make sure these new consoles sell well. Like, 100%. they just want to sell their games. Yeah. And I believe the first, like, three Call of Duties on this gen were also on last gen. Like, it wasn't until... Ghosts, right, came out. Yeah. Black Ops 3, I know for sure, was on PS3 and Xbox 360. I think the one after Black Ops 3 was... I think Infinity Warfare was the first one that was current gen exclusive and so i think that was like three call of duties in this gen that we un- until we got in a one that was exclusively this gen and so i couldn't imagine they start off next gen with only putting out a call of, a, a call of duty on ps5 and xbox series x that wouldn't i don't think that would make sense for them no i don't either and again this is being vague about it but mm-hmm. it's that yeah so there's so much there's so much not lack of information in this article or this this paragraph because this is really all I pulled from this article. It is the fact that yeah, if the pl- I can't imagine. There's no reason. There's no business sense in doing it just on PlayStation Five yeah. and Xbox Series X, right? Unless like they really want to take advantage of, but the they SSDs. don't. They don't care because again, yeah. they're and with all due respect, they're Activision. They want to make money more than most people. Yeah. So I think that yeah, and especially if you know these next gen consoles are as everybody's been talking about, just be PCs, right? Beefed up, souped up. You know, you can set your settings for it. Mm. It seems easier, easy enough that you already have a PC version of this game. You're gonna put it out on those platforms as well. You can probably yeah. scale from PlayStation Four to PlayStation Five, Xbox One to Xbox X. Yeah. So yeah, it's a weird one, I guess. Like that's why name recognition or like the name of the game is probably the only thing I can pull. That yeah. like I imagine, I imagine it might be a. Um, did Sledgehammer do Infinite Warfare? I'm making that up. They did World War Two. Th- yeah, no, they did. No, 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 Infinity. Okay, so let's go. Infinite yeah. Warfare. Or, did you say Infinite Warfare? Infinite Warfare was is Infinity, Infinity War. War. Yes. So the two that Sledgehammer did were Ghosts Sledgehammer's done Call of Duty War War, going backwards. Call of Duty World War Two. Yeah. Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Advanced Warfare. Yeah, that's exactly. What I was thinking of. And then did they not do Ghosts? No, they didn't do Ghost. Okay. Ghost was Infinity Ward. Yeah, so I, I, they don't really have any trend as far as their naming conventions for their Call of Duty. So I imagine. Well, I think that, like, you know what? It seems like I, well, they found something here with this last run of World War II, Black Ops 4, Modern Warfare, where I feel like going forward, you'd, I, that's what I would imagine, right? Is like, let, let Sledgehammer be the historical, whether it is World War II, whether it's World War One, whether it's Vietnam, whatever. Mm-hmm. Let. Treyarch be the Black Ops studio and let Infinity War be the modern warfare, especially now they read yeah. the kind of. But there's still somewhat of a trend with Call of Duty, even between the studios, because I believe Black Ops 4 was very boots on the ground, uh-huh. as they mentioned a million times in that in that one press conference. Yeah. And it's like live leak footage. Yeah. And then like I <laughs> wait, no, that was Modern Warfare, I think that was like live leak. Yeah, live it was. Oh, sorry, yeah. I was in um but yeah, Modern Warfare also was very much like grounded and so it wasn't it hasn't been since infinite warfare where they've gotten very spacey you know and and you know black ops yeah, 3 was pretty though, right? was pretty futuristic they hated it because because they got they had it quite a bit by then but my thing is like i feel like if you go if you if you look down the releases of call of duty like advanced warfare you know it's kind of futuristic black ops 3 futuristic Infi- infinite warfare all the way futuristic people got sick of it okay let's go back let's take it uh let's do it. world war 2 right taking it all the way back black ops 4 not as like w- wall running and like roboty as black ops 3 as as far as i know i didn't play much of black ops 4 but as far as what i remember i don't think black ops 4 is as like futuristic as black ops 3 and then modern warfare um was yeah definitely more grounded and so that makes me think like are they going to continue this trend of putting out Call of Duty games that are more grounded and realistic? Or at some point, do they swing back to futuristic, even though 
that kind of got backlash? Like, at what point are people going to be sick of what Call of Duty is doing now? Or does this does this rotation of Black Ops, Modern Warfare, a a World War Two setting one yeah. by by Sledgehammer? Like, how long does that go? And how and when do we get sick of that? Or do we get sick of that right now? Uh, your wrong is on fire with rumored reports. Nothing official here, but stuff that has come out before that we haven't seen since, and this would play into why we haven't heard anything about the developer. Hmm. People are basically saying in here that, linking me to two different articles that are saying, first off, Treyarch will reportedly develop the 2020 Call of Duty game over Sledgehammer Games and Raven Software. Okay. This is .esports.com. Uh, Justin Binkowski. I'm looking for a date on the article, but it doesn't look like this is how they put up their news. Oh, no, there it is. May 18th, 2019. Okay. A major change might be coming to the release cycle of one of the most popular franchises in the world. Treyarch will reportedly take over the development of the 2020 uh, Call of Duty title, according to Kotaku. Let's click through to Kotaku. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I, remember, I remember this happening. I couldn't remember the exact... Like, what yeah. the exact situation Schreier was. said in May, sources, Call of Duty 2020 in upheaval as Treyarch takes over, plans, plan, takes over, comma, plans Black Ops 5. Next year's Call of Duty... Uh, has gone through a major upheaval as publish- uh, publisher Activision informed developers this week that studios Raven and Sledgehammer, which had n- which had until now led the project, would no longer be in charge. Instead, according to three people familiar with the goings on at the companies, Treyarch will lead development on a new Black Ops for 2020. Yes, that, that was what, that's what they reported. It's a was. significant shift for Activision's m- massive first-person shooter franchise, which is one of the most lucrative video game series in- on the planet. Every fall for the past 15 years, Activision has put out a new Call of Duty game supported by a stable of different developers who rotated duties as required. Since 2012, Activision has followed a three-year cycle for its three lead studios, Infinity Ward, Treyarch, and Sledgehammer. The results have looked like this. For 2020, Activision had originally switched things up, assigning Wisconsin-based support studio Raven to take a leadership role uh, alongside Sledgehammer to make a Call of Duty set in the Cold War, likely involving Vietnam. Uh, as, as very recently, that's changed. Now Treyarch, is based in Santa Monica, California, is in charge of leading uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 5 for 2020. So that's again a rumor from May, yeah. which this provides no real clarification on. Yeah, for me that does beg the question though, like does doesn't Black Ops sell more than Modern Warfare? Wasn't it, I know it trends more on Google. Yeah. I think that's been a conversation I've heard before, but I would also assume that Black Ops sells more. But maybe it's a thing that since we just got a Black Ops two years ago, maybe that then causes sales to drop a little bit because people are still. Like, people just freshly got a Black Ops, it feels like. And so maybe a, a Black Ops like, two years later doesn't sell as well as uh, it would if we may, maybe waited another year. Maybe that's the conversation. But I'm, uh, I find this all interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's more now, now with this in the rearview mirror of what we're talking about. It's like, well, I, I just want more information, period. Yeah. About who's making the game and what's going on. Because, yeah, this goes on to say that Raven and Sledgehammer will serve as support studios for the game, transforming the work they've done on their own single-player story mode into a campaign for Black Ops 5, which is also going to be set during the world, the Cold War. So, lots of shakeups there, apparently. Rumors, mm-hmm. obviously. I mean, Shire is usually pretty much on point, though, so I'm not going to doubt any of that. But again, that even gets weirder than of just being like, all right, Activision has confirmed that they will absolutely see a brand new Call of Duty sometime this year, though the studio that it's developed has not announced. <laughs> Interestingly, the company said that this year's Call of Duty won't sell as well as last year's Modern Warfare did during its launch window. No details on the platform. So there's no information here other than, hey, there's going to be a Call of Duty. Yeah. Which you knew would have happened. Yeah, I think this is, it's interesting. Is it, I wonder if there's a possibility that they maybe remaster or like remake Call of Duty, like a, a Black Ops 1 remake. Yeah, because I could like I could understand why that maybe 
yeah, I can understand why that maybe wouldn't sell as well as a new Call of Duty, and that maybe then fixes some of their problems of whatever the development mishaps are here between the three studios that are causing them to be like, okay, Treyarch, you're back on, the, you're you're off the bench, you're putting out this year's game. Maybe that could you know help with that a bit, but oh, this all seems interesting. Trey, uh, Trey, Jay in You're Wrong tosses out. Blessing said we got a Black Ops two years ago, but it didn't have a campaign, so we really didn't get a true Black Ops experience. I mean, yeah, you know, you know what I mean, though. Like, no, no, I don't think he, I think it's a wrinkle. It's not a wrinkle. But wrong. yeah, it is a, yeah. it is a, it is a wrinkle, and I think that did that does feed into some of these development, like the, some of the confusion here as far as like, okay, who's developing this Call of Duty? Okay, well, we like you guys messed up on the campaign. Let's just put you guys back out, and you're just going to do another multiplayer only Call of Duty. Or I. I could very well see this Call of Duty this year being weird because of all this, all these shakeups. This begs the question. Looking at this, reading the scuttlebutt, seeing what it seems to be a massive shift in May of last year to get a game out for the fall of this year, right? Mm -hmm. When do you take a break? When do you stop? Schreier's talking about it. It's a 15-year cycle, right? And I know you're Activision, and as long as everything makes money, and again, and probably one of the most boneheaded moves I've ever seen in my entire life, Activision passed on Ghostbusters because it wasn't an annualizable (laughs) franchise of these cowards. But here... I'm sorry, what was that, Barrett? You don't think we could have an amazing Ghostbusters game every fucking year? You don't think we could have a great Ghostbusters game every no, year? No, I don't. Put me over there. I'll do an episode of content. Let's go. I dare Anyways, you. I digress. I can see it. Back to Call of Duty. Back to Call of Duty. Um, obviously, they still make money. Obviously, yeah. they still crush. Obviously, I mean, they still have a game every year. So it's like there's no reason to stop. But I really feel like with Black Ops 4, right? That was another Jason Schreier you know, gem, right? Of like, here's everything that went wrong and how they had to kill his franchise or the sing- the single player story mode, yeah. right? And how all this shit had to happen. It's like they dodged a bullet by that not being a steaming pile of shit. Now, granted, they're mm. ti- they're ti- everybody over there is working tirelessly on this game. They're all talented developers. I'm not saying that, but when something like that gets torn out and you have to like mm. recalibrate, and now we're multiplayer only. We're doing this whole thing like that had all the trappings of something that was about to blow up in their face. And the fact that they got away with it, awesome. Good mm-hmm. job. Uh, now to get to this one, though, and look like it's in a very similar situation of everything's on fucking fire, but we have to keep going. We have to hit our deadlines. We're moving people around, moving things up. We're, yeah. If Jason's article's right, right, we're mo- using assets from the other single-player campaign to try to cobble together this single. Like, that, yeah. that, those stories usually don't work out well. Now, granted, they usually don't work out when you're talking about some double-A game that's changed or done a million mm-hmm. things, not something that is Call of Duty. That has all this money behind it, has all this talent behind it. Yeah, I mean that's why I, because I don't, I definitely can't see them skipping here because they're Activision because this is the best selling game every year. Yeah. I can see them doing like a stopgap during a year, like do almost like the Assassin's Creed thing where now Assassin's Creed is every or not every two years, but you know one year, another year, and then take a year off, and then yeah, a, yeah. then the next year, and the next year, and then take a year off, like two years, and then a year off, and then that allows them for a three year cycle with their studios. I could see them doing a stopgap thing where it is like, all right, we're gonna do one year, we're gonna have Black Ops. The next year, we're gonna have Modern Warfare, and the next year, we're gonna do like a remaster or some sort of like placeholder that isn't taking all of our development power and putting it into a a, a yearly release, but instead allowing us to do like an off year type of thing that allows us to still sell a bunch of copies of a thing, but it doesn't necessarily have to be like a big full fledged game and a, and a lot it, it that then lines up with the messaging of this isn't gonna sell as well as last year's Call of Duty, just a heads up, whatever yeah, this yeah. thing is gonna be. Yeah. We'll have to wait for the full review. Usually comes right what right ugh, right before like E three. Yeah. yeah, it's usually during Judges Week when we all go and see something and get to know what it's about. However, 
Number two, Call of Duty is making more money without loot boxes or a season pass. This is Chris Priestman over at IGN.com. Call of Duty Modern Warfare players are spending more money in-game than Black Ops 4 players, either due to or despite the removal of season pass and loot boxes. During Activision's Q4 earnings call on February 6, 2020, company president Rob Kostick uh, answered a question about how removing the season pass for Call of Duty Modern Warfare has affected player behavior and in-game revenue. He then talked about removing the season pass and loot boxes and replacing those systems with a battle pass. In Modern Warfare, enabled more transparency to players so they can see where their, what their money goes towards. That, he says, uh, has worked out really well, as evidenced in a double-digit percentage growth for hmm. in-game spending in Modern Warfare, Warfare over Black Ops 4. Uh, Malcontent Ronan writes in to patreon.com slash games just like you can. It says, hey guys. I hope you saw this article on IGN detailing Activision statements about how Call of Duty players are spending more following the removal of loot boxes and season passes. Granted, the real reason is reworking everything into a battle pass, but there's still something inherently hilarious about this. Think anyone will learn that maybe tricking, trying to trick people into spending for a mere chance at something they want was never the greatest of ideas? We can surely hope so. Thanks. Bless. Yes. Double-digit percentage growth. That could be 10. Could be 11. Could be 99. Exactly. Who knows? Uh, for in-game spending in Modern Warfare over Black Ops, what do you think? I think that makes sense. Like, it's. I feel like for... I feel like uh, microtransactions have been a conversation since as long as they've been a thing in video games, yeah. right? And, like, the companies have always been trying to figure out, like, how do we actually monetize things in ways that make sense and don't piss literally everybody off? <laughs> and so, you know, in 2016, especially when... When Overwatch came out, I thought loot boxes were like the answer. Like, if I'm being honest, like I thought I, when I first <laughs> they nailed it. We yeah, got it. no, legit. When when Overwatch came out and I and I saw how they did it, I was like, oh yeah, like this, I'm fine with this. Like this 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 makes sense if you want to monetize your game. Yeah. But then it was like I guess a year and a half later when Star Wars Battlefront Two came out that like kind of blew everything up. And I think Shadow of War was yep. kind of involved with that too. Yep, and there were quite a few games that kind of blew it up and kind of exposed like a lot of the issues with with loot boxes and how that stuff can kind of translate to gambling and, and different sorts of things that like in some cases were kind of leaps, but in some cases I think makes sense. And I understand why loot boxes are an issue and why people can easily like hate and despise loot boxes yeah and so i mean i think now we're on the battle pass train and so far it's how do you come down to battle passes uh, they're fine like it's it's weird because i think out of all the different ways i've seen microtransactions implemented yeah. i think i still prefer the loot boxes wow. but i think i think that's just because wait maybe, over just going to a store and buying the thing you want yeah why because i don't because like my thing is like i don't really when it comes to cosmetics in games, especially, yeah. like, and this is this is me tying loot boxes specifically to cosmetics. If it's stuff that's like gameplay, gameplay changes, sure, or yeah, gameplay yeah, improvements, yeah. then it's like okay, those suck for my for uh, loot yeah, boxes. Yeah, that should be available to everybody. Yeah. as Call of Duty: Modern Warfare is done. Right? Yeah, but co cosmetics, I don't necessarily care about too much. Oh, and the man. idea that I could like unlock them still without paying money if I just roll the, <laughs> roll the dice and I don't have to pay attention to it, I I'm down with. Um, but at the same time, I understand there are people out there that care way more about cosmetics and customization and all this stuff yeah. than I do. And so I understand why those people would be like, no, this, this, this is bad. Battle passes. I, so the only game I've really interacted with the battle pass, at least like a fair bit is probably apex. Like I bought the battle pass for Fortnite, and I never really, I you didn't really care about, it. care about it. The, the apex battle pass I have now and like, and I've had since they've had a battle pass. I'm not really cared about it. Yeah. Like, there's something about the battle passes that don't necessarily get me engaged. But I see enough people 
like fall in love with the idea of battle passes or not even fall in love, fall in love but interact with them and and follow them and follow the progression and and, yeah. and try to hit level 100 on whatever battle pass and i'm like i guess i guess this seems like a fine solution and as pointed out like for call of duty apparently it is like the perfect solution right yeah. people aren't as upset i remember the i think it was modern warfare no it wasn't modern warfare it was like world war ii i think call of duty world war ii where it was loot boxes that would like i think deploy from planes onto the beach of your character and like you'd have these world war characters go up and open their loot boxes and they'd pop out yeah, and yeah. have like the fanfare of a loot box and all this stuff and i remember like watching that and people being like this is disgusting <laughs> this is gross <laughs> and so for them to be able to pivot and go this route which seems like what seems more um transparent and uh seems to be making, making more money for them i mean i think you know, it seems like a good solution all around. I love, I love battle passes, and like my yeah, for me it's Fortnite where that's you know the my experience with them, right? But mm-hmm. I wish so many other games would put them in, in in the way that I think it's such a brilliant way to keep you playing and keep you channels. Like that's always what I talk about when I when we talk about the brilliance of Fortnite. Now, I know so many people, even in many of you right now, just groaned in your car as I said that, right? Mm-hmm. But Fortnite is. Not not only a brilliant business model, it's a brilliant game in, hey, you can be the worst player in Fortnite, but you are striving to get that XP and move your, your own meter up, and you know you're just out there trying to get pistol kills or whatever. There's always something to do in Fortnite when you turn it on that has nothing to do with winning the game. Yeah. Which when you know we first started and I was awful, awful at it, it was really helpful. Like, oh, that's what I'm going to go do. Yeah. I'm going to chase this. I'm going to go find the secret uh, shields or whatever that are hidden around. Like, I love that idea. And so it becomes a game unto itself and a reason to come back to try to just level up that pass. And so when you look at the games that I love that I've left behind, you know, I, you know as I've been talking about a lot on Twitter, PS, I love you. I'm back on DC Universe Online, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Even that, if it had that idea, I, I just love the fact that now I'm playing and I've been gone so long that I'm g- dropping in, I'm earning the different boxes, not loot boxes, but the different like reward boxes, right? And as I open them up, I'm getting gear that matters to me. And I'm like, all right, cool. I feel myself getting stronger. I feel a reason to keep playing. Uh, Borderlands 3, still playing that to this day, right? Because of Guardian rank, where even though I'm max level on my character, I'm still playing and I still earn Guardian rank stuff. I'm still finding better weapons. There's a reason to go. Mm-hmm. Compare all that to The Division where Division 2 was my most played game last year, the most hours spent in a game. And once I platinumed it, I was gear score 500, and I was like, cool, like I'll come back when the gear's stronger. And that hasn't hadn't happened. That hasn't happened, right? Like yeah. They keep talking about their episodic DLCs and what they're going to do, but it's like, all right, until there's a reason for me to come back, why would I come back to your game? Like If you put a battle pass in it like Fortnite, even though my character in Fortnite's never getting stronger, I still feel like I'm making progress as I do stuff and I earn new cosmetics. Yeah, I kind of want to check out the Black Ops 4 battle pass almost for research purposes because for me, I think the the thing that allows me to appreciate the apex and fortnite battle passes at least a bit is the fact that they're free to play games and so like i'm going into this right like almost i'm going into these games with the expectation that if without the battle pass i'm not necessarily going to progress in certain ways but that's fine because i'm playing this game for free and ultimately like i get the full experience of this game um even without like having to having to hit these certain milestones for certain skins or whatever like i'm fine playing apex or fortnite without the battle pass the battle pass definitely enhances that experience with Call of Duty, that is a $60 game, having a battle pass on top of that, for me as somebody who's not really played a, a $60 game with a battle pass, or at least having the battle pass for it. Is Call that, of Duty, is, do they, do, they do the same Fortnite thing though, right? Where it's free and there's a free one and a paid one? For Call of Duty? Yeah. 
like a, I don't. Well, I have no idea. Is there a free battlefield.com slash you're wrong? I assume that uh, that's yeah. how the right. Well, that's how they did. Uh, over, I'm way does out Fort, on them here. Does Fortnite have a free battle pass? Yeah. When you play Fortnite, you're earning along the way on the free battle pass, but you're not getting nearly as much. But in every, oh, okay. every time you ding up, it's like, cool, you got this thing. But if you paid us the 20 bucks, you'd also get all this shit. You'd oh, unlock okay. all this crap. Gotcha. On the, on I didn't the know way. that was also called a battle pass. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, there's, okay. there's, there's a free, usually, mm-hmm. to my understanding, with the limited knowledge I have, because I have only played a few games with a battle pass, usually there's the free track and there's the paid track. Gotcha. Yeah, and I assume Call of Duty has like free progression. I, I assume it's just Call of Duty, right, without the battle pass. I assume you're making like, you're unlocking your classes and, you know, you're ranking up, you're trying to hit prestiges, whatever. I don't know if they still have prestige in Call of Duty. It's been a minute since they got hardcore in Call of Duty. But I imagine that's what you're doing without the Battle Pass. And with the Battle Pass, I imagine you're unlocking additional creative cosmetic stuff. You know, I have no... I have, I. That's why I want to try it out for research purposes. Because I want to know, like, is this a thing that it feels like I need to get this in order to enjoy the game fully? Or it, is it very much additive? Because... If it's additive, then I'm like, okay, okay, cool. Like that's awesome that it's transparent and all these things. But if I'm if I'm paying for a sixty dollar game and I feel like I have to get a battle pass on top of it, not saying that's what Call of Duty's doing. I'm just curious. You're, you're being vague, yeah. 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 Uh, um, Nanobiologist says Fortnite, Rainbow Six Siege, and Call of Duty have a free track available with very minimal unlockables on them. Yeah, I, I, the way and I, so everybody, feel free in, in the specific case of Call of Duty to come mm-hmm. out and call me if I'm wrong, right? Like the way I see it is like. You're still for sixty dollars Call of Duty. You're still getting the full on multiplayer campaign with leveling and progression and all that stuff. And you know you're making your guns better or whatever. But the battle pass is icing on top of that. If you want that, gets you the more cosmetics, gets you the different weapon trinkets or whatever the hell's in Call of Duty. I don't know. Yeah. Did Siege add a battle pass? According to the nanobiologist, was this recent? Because I I played Siege a lot a few years ago. Yeah. I haven't played it in a minute, but. Yeah, I, I'm curious on what that battle pass is like. Tommy Boy writes into you wrong. It says, yes, Call of Duty has a free tier battle pass. Most importantly, they put the new weapons for this season on the free tier. So okay. they're definitely doing it right there. Gotcha, yeah. Let's see about Rainbow that Six. That makes sense. That sounds good. Rainbow Six Siege Battle. There it is. Yeah, they got one. The... Hmm. I'm curious when, mm. they, when they added Seriously. it because I want to go back. Maybe maybe in, I, I can go back into Rainbow Six. since that's uh, a, they, they added it in August of 2019. Rainbow Six adds a, okay. adds a Fortnite-style battle pass. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I probably haven't played since then. Um, but I'm, I want to jump into, back into that because that's a game I do know. And so, Siege. Yeah, Siege. And so, like, That'd and be that a good was, one to go in there and compare it to. Yeah, go, go in there and compare it, especially because I feel like that game already had some micro, like microtransaction type stuff where it's like you have to basically unlock every operator in that game yeah. by you know building up an up building up enough currency to to buy in them currency. or paying for oh, them. real money paying real money yeah and so that was that already felt like pushing it a bit yeah, yeah, so yeah. i want to know yeah for, see, it's just for games like this where they are games as a service they are this thing to get into like i mm-hmm. just always want not more to do because i think that like dc again just to use it as a game i know so well right they have like what it's 38 episodes of dlc like yeah that's a whole other ball of wax crazy thing and on top of it there's plenty of times when i'm in there and it's like cool i've done all the stuff i need for this one thing now i need to do the four player operation or the eight player raid and it's like that's not what i'm feeling right now right like i like the idea of like when i'm in a game i can just keep going and adding and seeing the bar i just you know i'm a video game person yeah i love seeing the xp or whatever bar yeah. fill in and i feel like i'm making myself and better that is probably like the biggest beauty of battle passes is that you get like that extra yeah thing to kind of chase that endorphin you know, rush, especially yeah. if you're if you're because i'm not playing siege at the moment yeah right but if i was and if i was getting bored right like that'd be awesome to be able to be like okay cool i can 
buy this extra bar, hit these levels so I can unlock these things. Like, that sounds like a lot of fun. And so battle passes seem, seem cool. Nanobiologist and Alex Russ have more clarification on Rainbow Six Siege Battle Pass for you before we move on, all right? right? Nano says, Rainbow Six Siege has been dabbling in the Battle Pass. During Year 4 Season 3 in August, a one-week-long free Battle Pass was added. Then, leading up to the upcoming tournament, for 35 days, a Battle Pass was added that parts of the profits go to the prize winnings. Season-long Battle Passes will be added in Year 5. Also, Blessing, feel free to squad up with me in Siege. Okay. Who's that? That's a nanobiologist. All right. Uh, and then Alex says, for clarification on Siege's Battle Pass, it's an event Battle Pass for the Road to the Sixth Invitational currently with unique... Okay, so it's coming later, the full one, but right now they're all building up to this thing. Gotcha. Got it. I haven't played Siege in a minute. That game is fun. Did yeah. you ever play Siege? We played it at launch, and then I've doubled back for like things at like RTX or whatever. Okay. But it's another one of those games where you get in there, and it's like, oh man, everybody really knows what they're doing. Yeah. No, you have to play with people that yeah. understand it. Uh, Kebabs points out too. Uh, Crash Team Racing has a battle pass style system that's free to all, and it's pretty neat. So there you go. Number three on the Roper Report: The Mafia Three Studio and Two K Silicon Valley are working on announced games. This is Richard Wakeling over at GameSpot. As part of Take Two's latest earnings report, the publisher revealed that two of its studios have been working on unannounced games that we'll be hearing about in quote the coming months. Uh, the first is from developer Hangar 13, the team behind Mafia 2016's Mafia 3. Take-Two president Carl Slatoff uh, wouldn't say exactly what the project is, only that we'll be finding out at some point later this year. The other project we'll soon discover more about is from 2K Silicon Valley. The studio was only established a year ago and doesn't have an official name yet, but the team, led by Sledgehammer co-founder Michael Condry, has already been cooking up something. Take-Two also reiterated during the earnings report that the newly founded Cloud Chamber Studio is very early in the developments of a new Bioshock game, noting that it's still years away. The rest of the news out of the call revolves around Take-Two's finances, with Grand Theft Auto V reaching a new sales milestone, Rockstar Games being in a position that's never been stronger despite the looming departure of co-founder and writer Dan Hauser, and, well, that's a new story coming up in a second that we're going to talk about, so I won't talk about it here. Um, Blessing. Yes. Hangar 13, unannounced game. Probably Ma- Michael Condry's game, unannounced game. No idea. Yeah. Well, you think it's right. going to be Mafia 4? No. No, I think they're bo- think I think so? they back no. off Mafia, yeah. Why? Yeah. Cuz Mafia 3 was like Didn't sell well? Not, not a stinker, but it wasn't yeah, acclaimed it was, in any way. <laughs> it, it wasn't acclaimed in any sort of way, unfortunately. That game had like a very That it's the one of the following. Yeah, because Mafia it's 3. one of the best stories of this generation. Yeah, that was like the I've problem. Heard, heard the game that itself people. is like very like Effie? Iffy, it was a lot of basic uh, open fetch world. quests, right? It's a lot too. of fetch quests. I remember of going calling back and when I, I came home from a trip yeah. and he was playing it. We were both so stoked. I'm like, how it is? And he's like, and damn it's like, it, fuck. Yeah, I, I, like, I had fun with it. It's not like the best game and it was super fucking buggy uh, when it originally came out. I feel like they, I think they patched it a lot uh, afterwards, though. I think it's a, it is a solid deserved seven for the overall like game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the story is just on another fucking level. Yeah, I've heard, honestly, I've heard just, people talk about it as like one of the best stories this gen. It's fucking amazing. But the the thing that I like, I don't need them to do a Mafia Four, but I would love for them to do another story in the 1960s or maybe the 70s because they like fucking put you into that world. Except for when, like you know, like the the sky decides to like not render anymore, and then everything is dark and like weird and shit. Mm. Um, but like the I don't know. There's just something about like the vibe and the aesthetics and like the the music, the soundtrack that they got for that that game. It was just like it was a very special thing, even though like in a very okay game. Um, so I, I would love to see them 
whatever it is, if it, if it is another mafia, if it's some brand new IP IP or something, like I would love to see them do like a, another '60s or maybe '70s like world story game. Hmm. Yeah, I would like to see them get another crack at an open world game, like learning yeah. from what they've done, telling another story there, and just trying to tighten it up. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then Condry Studio, I'm super fascinated by. Of course, I yeah, you know, obviously, if you're gonna talk about Michael Condry and like the most recent thing with Sledgehammer, sure. Mm-hmm. For me, him and Glenn will always be visceral. They'll always be Dead Space. You yeah, know? they fucking made Dead Space. You know what I mean? So like when they went and did Sledgehammer, started making Call of Duty games, I was like, great, cool. Like that's uh, make some money, go yeah. do your thing. But like now that you're out on your own at 2K, like I'd love to know what that's gonna look like and what that'll be. The you fact th- that it's turning around so quickly would tell me, or at least the other project we'll soon discover more about is 2K Silicon Valley. The studio was only established a year ago and doesn't have an official name yet, but the team has already been cooking up something. That doesn't sound like it's coming out this year. Yeah, I was going to say, Hangar 13 sounds like it should be more imminent because Mafia 3 was 2016. So you imagine that game is coming out within the next year or two, right? Like, you imagine that's going to be like a PS5, Xbox Series X early game. Yeah, that's where I'd put it too, yeah. Yeah, and then Silicon Valley will probably be... A few years out still, but even then, like you think it's next, you think it's next gen, next for, gen for Hangar Thirteen. Yeah, you think that's what they're pushing for? Probably. Mm. Like I don't, I couldn't imagine they reveal and release for PS4 and Xbox. I mean, maybe like it's we're gonna cross- have those. We're gonna have that yeah. dovetail for a while. I, could, I, could, right? I mean, I, I could see it being a cross gen thing, but yeah. I think for sure, like I, I can't see it releasing maybe next year. You know, only on Xbox One and PS4. Yeah. Mm. What if it's a launch title? That'd be cool. Do you think there's any chance of that? I mean, it's been four years. Yeah. I mean, like, they did some DLC, I remember. So, I mean, that might have slowed them down a bit. But still, I guess if it's in the... It, there's too many questions here. If it's all brand new, totally different ball of wax, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, I'm stoked for both of them. I like the idea that both these studios hopefully are working on brand new IP and able to go out there and do whatever they want to do. Yeah. Silicon Valley, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what they threw out there yeah. since they're still, like, a, a, a new studio. Uh, Hangar Thirteen. I'm I'm more curious about like what. How do you follow up Mafia Three? Considering that like yeah, that game got praised for some of its aspects, but not necessarily like full package. It didn't knock it out the park. I'm curious on how you follow that up and and make that something worth caring about. Yeah, I think you tell your own story. You tell another story, mm-hmm. right? And I think you do it in learning all the mistakes you made last time. But I don't think it needs to be Mafia because I I think Mafia is such a weird nebulous IP at this point. Yeah, where it's like yeah, cool. Like and that's the other thing too is like. I liked Mafia 2. I, I reviewed Mafia 2, I think, right? Like, I enjoyed playing that game, but, like, is, is there, like, ah, oh, we're the uh, Mafia. That's, that's I mean, my thing. That, you know what I mean? That was my thing when they made 3. Like, when they announced and put out 3, I was like, do people really care about Mafia 2 that much? But then I, like, saw their pre-release stuff, and I was like, this game looks cool. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it, like, the world looks cool, which reminded me of, it's giving me GTA 5 vibes a yeah. bit. Uh, but, like, you know, in the, I forget what decade that thing takes place, like, 1950s? Well, I think Barrett? Barrett was saying in the '60s, right? '60s, yeah, '60s, yeah, and like the way the ways in which they kind of portrayed was it New Orleans for the yeah. game? Yeah, the way the, the ways in which they portrayed New Orleans, I thought seemed pretty cool. Um, but I mean that I I'm curious to see what they do next because I feel like we haven't gotten as many like open world in a city games recently. Right? Like it feels like it, well, you, it used to be the thing, man. Yeah, it used to be the thing in like the PS3, Xbox 360. Dogs. Generation, yeah, Sleeping Saints Dogs, Row. Saints Row. Yeah. Um, you know, we've gotten Watch Dogs, but th- we've only gotten like two this generation yeah. between those two, those games. But yeah, I, I'm curious to see if that's the next step they take is like making another one of those types of games, or if they're like, let's do something else, let's pivot, let's do an open world 
fantasy game or some some sort of other type of open world game. I think if I mean like it's always so hard to say we're not inside that studio, yeah. but I think at, at, with the team you've built, the tools you have now, the experience you have after shipping Mafia Three, I think yeah, you get out there and you take a crack at an open world running around game. Like it's been yeah, I, don't, I think it's too hard to pivot. Now, granted, of mm-hmm. course you can point it like, well, Sucker Punch did it, but like they're they're exclusive right they have like they're just answering to sony they're not yeah. they're, they're able to go out there and do whatever they want like i feel like for and even with that like was, you know infamous or yeah infamous second son was early in the generation and since then they're pivoting now to ghost of tsushima yeah which i think is i think that's more evidence that the landscape has changed as far as that type of open world city game you know if you're not gta it's kind of hard to compete right yeah because everybody compares everything to that and that was yeah. always the thing mafia was a fun one to play in between gta's yeah like i was me and saints row like yeah. saints row i was like this game is fun and hilarious but i play it and in my mind i'm just comparing it to gta because it doesn't feel as good to play and it doesn't feel as good, as good to drive but yeah. i mean saints row did enough different things that it made it worth playing but even then like saints row the whole thing right it was the uh, it was the unmoored gta of like you're in a playground you can do whatever you want yeah. let's beat each other like saints row 4 you had superpowers so you can like yeah. fly around and do all these crazy things yeah yeah Number four on the Roper Report, another shocking piece of news. It's been a hard week at Blizzard. This is Rebecca Valentine over at GamesIndustry.biz. Uh, the launch of Blizzard's remake of its t- 2002 RTS game, Warcraft 3, isn't going swimmingly, and the company's investors have noticed. During today's Q4 earnings call, Blizzard president J. Allen Brock uh, was asked about the game's rocky launch over a week ago, which has seen backlash from fans accusing it of performance issues, cutscenes visibly different from the ones shown in the game's 2018 announcement, changing popular elements of the original game, and an end-user license agreement change that hurts the custom game community. The backlash grew strong enough that the game was review-bombed by users on Metacritic, resulting in a .5 out of 100 user score, the lowest currently on the platform. Quote, concerning Warcraft 3 Reforged, honestly, it's been a bit of a hard week, Brock said during the call. Brock said during the call. Our community has come to expect really amazing things from us, and we've heard from them that we did not achieve that bar. But we stand behind our games and have consistently shown that not only do we support them, but we continue to build on them even after launch. And we're committed to doing that here as well. So we're going to continue to update the game, and we'll continue to update the community with our plans going forward, end quote. This is in line with the company's public apology earlier this week for how the game was handled, in which the company outlined outlined in more detail some of the immediate fixes it planned to put in place to address bugs and issues for online play. However, Blizzard has also begun offering full automatic refunds for players through its customer support system. Though this is not a new feature for Blizzard, as it offers these same kind of refunds on various other digital purchases, it does not do this uniformly on full price titles. No shit, it's been a rough week. Yeah, no. You know what I mean, yeah, when, you shit the bed, Jay. When you uh, brought this <laughs> again, when this is brought up for the first time on the show, I think it was last week during the twelve-hour stream at the beginning of it. Yeah, and I remember like, I think it was a question I wrote in about it, and I had not heard one thing, and so I was just like, that seems like that seems like a lot of problems. Point five for, out of hundred. That yeah, seems rough. seems rough for like a thing that I'm not, I'm not hearing about until now. And yeah. then over the week, you know, I've been tuning in more and more on it. And I'm like, yo, this is like a trash fire. Like this is like this is like yeah, like the house down the street being on fire and not yeah. knowing. Whereas like I peek over, like I peek outside the window. I'm like, oh no, yeah, it's really on fire over there. It sucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, at this point, what do you think they do? Like. Do you think they just make the game better in yeah, silence? Yeah, that's all they can like, do. That's really. I mean, all they I don't think do. silence is the answer. I think they do have to over communicate now. Of like, cool, here's where it is, and this is what's going on, and blah blah. Like earlier this week, you guys t- t- did the public apology, right? Mm-hmm. That was one of them. Though, yeah. Right? So I mean, it's like there of like, 
you can't shy away from it. You have to keep explaining how this happened, what happened, why, or why this is where, what your fixes are, and go from there and try to build up. Because you know, Gary was on here yesterday. And we were talking about it. Like, you know, this isn't just you, the listener. It's the industry in general. It's the mind of a goldfish. You forget things so quickly. So it's like when Diablo Four really ramps up. No one's, I think, is going to be really holding uh, Reforged over their head if they fix Reforged if they to fix some it. degree. Yeah, if but even if they had it, to be like, oh, this is brand new. That was some cash in they did. Nobody cares about yeah. that. I don't know. I think. I mean, Imran made the point that like he doesn't have. This is making him not have as much faith in something like Overwatch Two, right? Like mm. the ways in which they're handling this. It, like, what is going on with Overwatch Two? I don't well, know, man. It, it, that game's. I mean, it. it yeah, was, it was it was announced, but they didn't have they didn't give it a date. My prediction is next year. Okay. But that's one that they can just put out whenever, and it'll be people. People will show up for it. Yeah, Overwatch Two. Overwatch because that was a, that was a Blizz. That, I think that's what they opened. No, they didn't open it with at BlizzCon because they opened with Diablo Four. But then they followed that up yeah. with Overwatch Two. Well, it was the thing of like Gary brought it up yesterday, and it was literally. And I know that like again, this is one of those things. I try to be there for you, and I try to have all the information. But the video games are such a wide net. Yeah. When he brought it, Overwatch Two, it was that thing in my head of like. Did that come out? Was that a thing? No. Was that like when they like, redid the fucking? Uh, was that? Did they just? Uh, and I didn't. I, like my wheels locked up. I'm like, what's going on with Overwatch? Too? Yeah, no, it's a. Uh, it's interesting. I. It's something. I right? love Overwatch. Overwatch is probably one of my games of this gen. Yeah. Overwatch two, for me, I don't know if it's doing. From what they showed, I don't know if it's doing enough for me to be like, oh yeah, like this seems like a like enough of a step up for it to be two. It just seems like it's a lot of updates, which are like all pretty pretty good updates, but. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's that we'll see. it's the ongoing problem of if you are an ongoing game and a successful one, obviously, yeah. you've been able to stick out. How do you make people care about that? How do you get news about that? And like, I think you've seen it. You see so many different takes on it. Where Overwatch is such a huge success. I mean, such a part of the culture now, right? Mm. Whether it be Overwatch League or whether it just be people walking on their diva jackets or whatever. Like Overwatch is everywhere. And so, how do you get that audience super stoked to? that level where like you can put out an update you can put out a video you can do all these different things but putting a two on it matters it's the same thing of like marvel heroes when that was going and i covered that from launch at ign right like they started eventually doing it where it was like hey can we come by and talk to you about marvel heroes 2014 or 2013 or whatever year they were doing and it was like they were using those as hey like we're putting on a giant update and it is a brand new game it is this new you know we changed so much and it was you saw them try to figure out how to crack this code of how do you mm. promote something that's already out. Yeah. Because then you look again, and I, I swear I'm not even doing this on purpose. You look in it, like DC Universe Online. There's 38 pieces of DLC. If you don't fucking play DC, you don't care about it. Yeah. Same thing with like like uh, Star Wars, uh, the Old Republic, right? Like that shit's still going. Elder Scrolls is still going the online. It's like if you're not into that shit and you don't have to be forced to watch it at E3 press conference, yeah. like, you don't know what's going on in Elder Scrolls. Yeah. Overwatch 2 is one of those things where they the things they talked about for it, you know, such as like people having Overwatch 1 still being able to play with people who have Overwatch 2 and like oh it, it was a lot of stuff that felt kind of technical in a way that but that I feel like a lot of it was speaking to more of a hardcore audience. And they yeah. did also talk about like the single player mode, which yeah, seems yeah. I don't know if it's gonna be like amazing. It I don't know why this this might be a hot take. I don't know why you would want a single player mode for Overwatch. That seems like it's supposed to be a multiplayer game, and it seems like a, it seems like it'd be a lot of work to make a single player mode worth caring about in Overwatch, or like a campaign mode because I think it is. I think it might be co op. Now I'm just talking about talking at my ass for Overwatch Two. The single player, yeah, the, the campaign. Do you want Ricky? Uh, you can get, you can Ricky McFly wrote in with clarification. Sure. Uh, not about that in particular, but Overwatch 2 in okay, general. Yeah. He, uh, Ricky McFly says, clarifying the Overwatch 2 situation. This is from Morgan Park at PC Gamer. Quote, 
From what we've seen so far, Overwatch 2 is not your average sequel. Its most unusual feature is that some new additions, like new heroes and multiplayer modes, will also come to Overwatch 1 at yes. no additional charge. The two games will continue to coexist as one big PvP experience, while Overwatch 2's other new additions are exclusive to the sequel. So it's, it's one of those things where what I was kind of building to was, Sorry. I don't know if this is, like, I don't know if these are weird features or, like, I don't know if it's them like trying to appeal so much to the hardcore, or I don't know if it's them being very forward thinking that I just don't understand it. Yeah, like yeah, it yeah. seems like it's one of those things where I'm like, the way they're talking about, it, I'm like, man. So Overwatch One players will also get all the Overwatch Two content. Why would I get the new game aside from like the, I guess graphical updates? But it's weird that it's weird that those people are going to be playing together. I don't know. It seems. I don't know if it's going over my head and if it's just way I too think far. I think it'll make more me, sense as they get closer to it yeah. when they have to sit there and explain it, right? Yeah, and so that's why I'm like, I'm not conflicted about it, but that's why I'm very curious about it. But yeah. I also understand, like, given Reforged situation, why some people would be like, we'll see what's the upcoming. <laughs> you know what? We're not going to rush this one. We'll see how it all nuts out. Yeah. Number five on the Ripper Report. Yesterday, Gary and I were talking about what's going on with Beyond Good and Evil. Do you think it's one of the games coming out? And we were like, no fucking way. And now Rebecca Valentine's at GamesIndustry.biz says, well, Rebecca Valentine at GamesIndustry.biz. I said Valentine's, like Valentine's Day, uh, which is coming up, everybody. Don't forget. Yeah, Sonic. <laughs> Anyways, back to Reb. F- really? You're going to attach it to Sonic? Yeah. <sighs> take If you want to have a great Valentine's Day Don't listen date, to this. This is bad advice. Take your date out. Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie. It's out on Valentine's Day. There you go. Free advice. Fans of Beyond Good and Evil, who delighted in the game's announcement trailer when it was shown at E3 2017, are unfortunately going to have to wait quite a bit longer to see what the prequel to Ubisoft 20... Or, sorry, 2003. It's so weird to say a 2003 thing anymore. Uh, Space Alien Adventures has in store. Yeah. I didn't know that. In today's earnings call discussing the publisher Q3 results, CEO Yves Guillemot was asked by an investor about whether or not the game was part of Ubisoft's plans for the next fiscal year. Guimont replied, quote, It's not going to be in the five games we will announce, end quote. He was specifically referring to the fact that Ubisoft has said it will be releasing five AAA games in the coming fiscal year that begins on April 2020. We already know a few of them from statements made last year. The three will be uh, Gods and Monsters, Rainbow Six, and Watch Dogs Legion, all of which were delayed out of this current fiscal year. The remaining two have not officially been revealed. And as we keep saying, Assassin's Creed, baby, Ragnarok, rock my world. You know what I mean? Get up I, on it. I don't, Assassin's I don't Creed. know if I'm with you. No, Shire confirmed it yesterday along with the oh, other did he one. Confirm What's the other okay, one? Okay, I trust What's you, Shire. What's the other one I don't... Anybody? Rainbow Six? That was it. Thank you very much. Quarantine? Yeah. Well, no, that was already in there. No, that we already said uh, that. Yeah, that was in there. Rainbow Six. Right. God damn it. Open his fucking Twitter. Uh, three of the planned AAA exp- releases will launch within the window of September 2020 to December 2020, while the remaining two will release between Jan- January and March 2021. Uh, Anonymous says, you're wrong. Don't take your date to see Sonic. Take your date to see Sonic. It's bad. Don't I'm telling you. No. It's the correct decision. Is it Far Cry? Is that's that the one. That's okay. the one we were talking about. Oh. Thank you. That's what I was brain dead on. Don't be excited for that's Far exciting. Cry. That's exciting. How? Why? He Why likes Far Cry. Let it be. I, Did you play the last Far Cry that came out? New Dawn? Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. That's I, what I, I played Far Cry 5 and I didn't like it either. Okay, yeah. Far Cry 5, man, you couldn't move an inch without getting attacked by everything in that world. That's I why I hated I it. Like, I'm like, I'm trying to go over there. Everything's, at, I got a turkey yeah. on my ass now, too. I'm going to be honest, Far Cry 4, I thought was all right. Far Cry 3 is the one where I'm like, Far Cry 3 is amazing. Far Cry yeah. 3 is amazing. Maybe Far Cry 6 might be Far Cry 3 again. You just got to keep hoping. One day it'll happen. Okay, boss. One day it'll happen. Also, take your date to see Sonic the Hedgehog. Don't do that at all. Number six, EA games are costing more on Steam. This is Fraser Brown at PC Gamer. EA might be 
just returning to Steam after a long hiatus, but many of its older games have continued to be sold on the platform for years. Yesterday, Steam users noticed or started reporting that a significant number of them had jumped in price. It seems to have been the regional prices have been hit, uh, with the U.S. prices remaining the same. Dragon Age Origins Ultimate Edition, for instance, is now uh, $24.99. These are in pounds, so $24.99 pounds, a five-pound five increase. Uh, one of the most ridiculous leaps is SimCity 4 Deluxe Edition, a 16-year-old game that now costs $17.99, nearly double its previous price. Whoa. Going through EA's list of games, most of them seem to have been affected. It seems like a change in EA's approach to regional pricing on Steam rather than preparation for a sale, though this doesn't explain the inconsistencies. Aside from the recent fall in order, there's no obvious reason why some of the games have been changed and some haven't. In some cases, the prices are now double what they are on Origin, uh, though some of them were already more expensive on Steam before the price hike. So it's not like EA is bringing them more in line with regional prices on its own platform. Whatever the reason, you might want to shop around if you're planning on buying something from EA on Steam. Is that Europe specifically? Uh, yeah, that was the, the region they're talking about. Yeah. Gotcha. And so, yeah, the idea, I cut out one paragraph in there that was basically talking to the effect of, hey, like sometimes they do this right before they go on sale, so they're going to act like they cut a bigger price. Yeah. But the way they're doing it, they're, they think doesn't make sense. So if you're getting gotcha. ready to buy 16-year-old SimCity 4 Deluxe Edition, be careful on that one. You know yeah. what I mean? Interesting. Um, are, are they doing this to then sell people on going to Origin to get their game? I mean, that's the other thing they say they don't really believe, right? Like they they know better than me, obviously, because we're definitely in a PC landscape here with Steam and Origin yeah. than I do, or whatever. But they call it out there, yeah. So it's not like EA is bringing them more in line with regional prices on its own platform. Uh, okay. So it's, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the idea you would think so, but that seems like a weird move. But maybe they are, maybe they're not. I don't. Why they're doing it? What's happening? It's just a weird thing that people are noticing out of the blue happening, and the fact that it's only it's only happening in certain regions is super weird too. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, number seven is GameSpot going to be up for sale soon? This is Ed Hammond and uh, Nabilia Ahmad over at Bloomberg. Uh, Viacom CBS Incorporated is weighing options for CNET after receiving takeover interest in the product review site, according to people with knowledge of the matter. A number of potential suitors contacted uh, Viacom CBS about the unit after Chief Executive Officer Bob Backish uh, said he's looking to offload non-core assets following a merger with CBS Corp. last year, That the people said, asking not to be identified as the matter is private. Backish uh, continues to assess options for a number of businesses and hasn't made a decision on the sale of CNET, the people said. A representative for Viacom CBS declined to comment. CBS bought CNET for $1.8 billion in 2008, adding such sites as TV.com and GameSpot.com. CNET's value is likely to have shrunk since then, the people said. CNET provides consumer electronic product reviews and news. Viacom CBS, which completed the merger in December, is looking to generate $500 million in cost savings. Backish has already decided to sell CBS's Midtown Manhattan skyscraper, known as Black Rock, which could fetch more than $1 billion, Bloomberg, Bloomberg News reported in December. A little bit inside baseball for yeah. you. I always like keeping track of this kind of stuff, though. The fact that they're talking about selling off non-core businesses, the fact they're looking at CNET, and they're talking very specifically as CNET as a site, not the CNET suite of sites that they got when they were part of this merger and everything else. No, I'm not. The sky isn't falling or anything. I'm mm-hmm. just like, huh, something to keep your eye on that. When you're When your uh, parent company decides they want to start selling shit off and making money, you got to start wondering, huh, does CBS, does Viacom, I guess, actually, Viacom, Viacom CBS, CBS yeah. now sit there and go, you know what, does video games yeah. make sense? It's like, why do we have GameSpot and Giant Bomb? Yeah, that's the other, <laughs> that's an even bigger question yeah. of, yeah, what if, what, but you have to imagine with, it's always such a weird thing with Giant Bomb, because 
beloved. Yeah. Great work. I'm not saying that. But in, in some respect, if you look at them on a profit loss sheet, I have to imagine Giant Bomb costs next to nothing and yes. makes money off the subs. Yes. Yeah, you know, Giant Bomb Premium is beloved by the fan base and they use it and spend it. Similar to how we use Patreon, right? Mm. So you figure if you're looking at that, some New York fucking finance type, and you look at it, you're like, I don't even know what this is, yeah. but it's breaking even, if not making more money than what it should be, it normally would be fine. Mm-hmm. And then you get to GameSpot and you'd be wondering, okay, well, cool, how is how are ad sales? What is going on? Yeah. Even with the trajectory of um, what will be happening this year with ad, ad, ad buys for PS5, Xbox, all that jazz, their traffic's about to go through the roof too. The argument to all of this is not, is GameSpot a failing business or anything like that. I mean, mm. Game, GameSpot's killing it lately. They've been doing a lot of really fucking awesome stuff. Shout out to audio logs. Um, the question is, does Viacom CBS look at GameSpot and go, this is part of our core business. Yeah. This is what we think of when we think of Viacom CBS. Interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. Anything else to say about it? Uh, not really. All right, cool. Let's keep moving because we still have two freaking stories. Yeah, we're... You know, I'll put it, you know, I'll get through it, then I'll put the ads in. Okay. Uh, number eight, Outer Worlds has so, sold two million copies. This is Eddie at GameSpot. Fallout New Vegas developer Obsidian's new RPG, The Outer Worlds, has sold more than two million copies. Parent publisher 2K announced during its earning calls this week. The Outer Worlds also launched as a free game on Xbox Game Pass subscribers, uh, but the two million, two million sales figures is presumably referring to full game sales. On the subject, this is interesting, of subscription services like Xbox Game Pass, Take-Two CEO Strauss Zelnick said it's an ongoing conversation at the company regarding how much the company will support programs like Xbox Game Pass and others. He said that, as a general rule, Take-Two simply wants to release games where the consumer is and that it should include or could include subscription services. At the same time, Zelnick said subscription services might be better suited for older titles as a way to give them a second lease on life. Quote, we think subscription offerings are probably better suited for to catalog, but we're willing to take experimental chances when it makes sense. It's early days for all these platforms, he said. So, congratulations, of course, number yes. one, to uh, Outer Worlds, uh, Obsidian. Good job on them. I know how many people adore that game. And then, of course, interesting look from Zelnick, right? And I think it gives you a, a glimpse into what they're thinking, that, yeah, this is meant usually for older games, but on an unproven property like what Outer Worlds is, or was at the time, right? Now, of course, we know what it is, and Xbox snapped them up. Mm. But you know, like, as what Outer Worlds is, when we were looking at it, we don't know what it is, so let's take a shot on it, put it there, and actually guarantee our money. I feel like a lot of this implies that it was on 2K to put that game on Game Pass, which, of course, they had involvement in probably like the biggest say on that. Mm. But I imagine that was Microsoft's push, right, to get Outer, Outer Worlds on Game Pass since they now own Obsidian. Probably, and I bet there was a good deal cut there in terms yeah. of how to do that, yeah. And so for them to start talking about, like, kind of the thought process of, of that and the result of that and the thing in that, I think is interesting because I don't know if 2K is going to then put future titles on Game Pass at launch. So I, I, I find some of this interesting. The argument that you've said, you found all the articles interesting so far. You've yes. said it yourself. Uh, however, I think the argument would be, like, when to, it's more the fact of when is 2K going to work with I guess, and this is the whole their um their what uh, I want to call it black label. That's not a private division. Mm. That whole their little that boutique yeah, like, publishing thing that's happening there. Yes. That's where you see the moves for this, right? Of working with smaller developers on smaller games that aren't going to have a Bioshock, a Mafia, or whatever, a giant IP behind it. And then it is that idea of 
now you have a success case on top of it where if if this is true right or if uh, what eddie is gleaming from it right we're talking about sold more than two million copies that's on top of game pass installs that obviously spread the word as you know game pass is known to do right that if you are to give away your game for free the argument and stats show you will sell more copies of the game because all of a sudden more people are talking about the game and they might not sell game pass on it they're going to sell somebody on playstation 4 on it they're going to sell somebody on pc on it yeah i think i mean this is awesome for outer worlds for sure because that game is that game's awesome um and yeah for it to come out on game pass for free and still sell two million that's pretty noteworthy because i mean i'm one of the people that i own both ps4 and xbox one Oh, and you're so, one of those rich kids. Yeah, I'm one of those, I'm one of those, and I have a Switch, you know, and a gaming oh, laptop. Geez, What's man. up? Uh, but seeing that game came out, come out on Game Pass made me go, okay, I'm going to play this game on Xbox, despite me playing pretty much every third party game on my PlayStation. Yeah, you know, and so to see enough people, you know, and I imagine like a, a great amount of people have a PlayStation, don't have an Xbox, and so saw the conversation around the game, where like, oh yeah, that game looks awesome. I'm going to try it out. I'm going to buy it. You know, on PlayStation, you know, allows it to sell that much, but. Yeah, these are these are great sales figures. Yeah, for Outer Worlds. And congratulations so, to them. They deserve it. Uh, number nine, final story on the Roper Report. Don't shake your head, Barrett. You know what I mean. This is what you signed up for. You wanted a good games daily. You got a good games daily. Uh, Tim's dream is coming true. There's a new Crash game coming. This is Alex Walker at Kotaku. People. We're super keen for the idea of a new Crash Bandicoot sequel, but a Crash Endless Runner probably isn't what they had in mind. Oh, God. Users online discovered a listing for a Crash Bandicoot spinoff from King, Activision's mobile studio, and the makers of Candy Crush. It was revealed from ads on Facebook, although the Facebook group isn't live at the time of writing. The existence of a Crash Runner on mobile doesn't mean another Crash sequel isn't coming. Activision has spoken about bringing more of their IP to the mobile market in the past, Diablo Immortal being a good example, as a way to complement their premium games. Crash Bandicoot Mobile would fit nicely into the strategy, get people hyped for the mobile with the mobile runner, then advertise a new Crash during E3 or one of PlayStation's briefings. You already got it up there, Barrett. Oh, sorry. Throw it back up. Did, did you already scroll down? But if you go to you just go further down. Yeah, see, I think actually I have a little bit more of like what it looks like when you're doing this. So here's the yeah, there you got the tweet. There, the, this the looks King cursed. Logo. It looks cursed? Yeah. I hate this. Look at this man. What about him? It's Crash. He has no soul. It's Crashy Bandicoot. I'm He's talking about specifically like the, the endless runner. Like, I don't go like, over. Go over some pages. I don't. Here. I don't like. First Crash off, in that general. is just Crash Bandicoot. There he is. Look, he's running. I mean, that's what Crash Bandicoot this does. This is like a nightmare. What, <laughs> what are you, are you talking mean? about? Off a still run, jump, and slide. Look at him. He's gonna get those Wampa fruits. He's gonna smash that crate. He's not gonna hit that block. This is cursed. <laughs> like I, you're crazy. I don't like. I don't like this. This is. I don't like this at all. I mean, you know what? I wasn't going to ask the question because we're late, but we're going to do it now because you've insulted oh me. Ricky God. McFly writes into patreon.com slash games and says, a new Crash Bandicoot was leaked. Uh, what's with the deeply ingrained bias against mobile games that's so prevalent in gaming culture? I guess it's a different kind of experience, but so many people write off a game as soon as it's announced for mobile, and I don't really understand. How does that look cursed, Blessing? It's, it, looks it, looks soul- like a, it looks soulless. Like, the original Crash was soulless. He's just some freaking rat I mean, running around. I don't think the gameplay. Like I think the gameplay fine. Like it's it, for people who love endless runners and love um, what was like the original. I forget what it was called. Like the Indiana Jones Temple in, Run. In, ch- Temple Run. Yeah. Like people who like like Temple Run are gonna enjoy this. And right? I think this type of game fits with like what people know Crash Bandicoot to be. You know, like there Run are around. levels that you're, you're literally running away and it's kind of an endless runner. Hey, at least but you're it, not running at the screen. Yeah, at exactly. At the bottom of the screen See, this time. See, now if they yeah. made that. Oh my God. <laughs> you're you're cursed. You'd be you're cursed. cursed. I mean, not you're, a, you're a chaotic I person. Listen, I, I am chaotic, but 
one, I don't even like Crash Bandicoot that much. But two, that'll fit more within the theme. Of that that has the heart of Crash Bandicoot. If he's running towards the screen, and you have no idea what you're running towards. I don't think this. Let like, him make it better. And it, and it plays like crap. That's Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, when it that's plays true. terribly. That's true. I don't think the like. I don't think this idea is bad. I just that image. Uh, this. I don't even think it's a bad. I don't think it's a bad idea. And I, in fact, this I image think right this, that's a fine image. This, no. like, this, what do you people want from your looks, icon? He looks like he's about to sell me candy at night. He looks like Crash Bandicoot. No. It's, it's. I mean, I'm. I'm basically one of the people this question this question is talking about because I am saying this is cursed because it is like a it's a it's a mobile port tearing no, it's out a mobile the, game it's not a port or mobile game you're right tearing out the soul of Crash Bandicoot and just and just you don't even like Crash Bandicoot I know I don't <laughs> what are you trying to fucking argue right but now but the people who like Crash uh, uh, Apple Arcade is fantastic. You should try it and get a whole bunch not, of good games. I'm not saying, mobile games are no longer cursed. I'm not saying, Don't listen to I'm this. I'm not man. saying mobile games are bad. I'm just saying turning Crash Bandicoot into Temple Run is cursed. Hey, you want more Crash? You're gonna get more Crash. And again, as we've already stated, Crash was never good. I want to so know how Tim Geddes feels. About. A lot of people. I'd love to know fan. what Tim wants, but he's got laser eyes. Nobody I, can talk oh, to him. Yeah, a lot of people are, are asking for blessings resignation right now. So you know, we don't go that far. You, are, are those people <laughs> all about a Crash Bandicoot mobile game or well, a night mobile? Game? No, they're about Crash runner? Bandicoot, and you're just saying. Like, it's time to hear a word from our Spyro sponsors. Spyro, time for our sponsors. Everybody, remember if you want to get the, you know how it is. Manscaped. Is our first sponsor. Breaking news. This is an important PSA brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement. After more than 18 months of research and development, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. This new trimmer was released only moments ago, and we are the first to confirm that the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 Manscaping trimmer is now available for purchase. This third generation Manscaped trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to get nick free thanks to manscapes advanced skin safe technology uh me and tim both use it and two out of two women agree it's better and smoother uh if you used the lawnmower 2.0 it's an easy transition because it's the same replacement blade with a new and improved skin safe technology uh when i tell you this is premium i mean premium the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave one of the coolest new features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. Uh, they've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. If you are listening to me speak right now, you're one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to experience it firsthand. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GAMES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code GAMES. Your balls will thank you. Next is Brooklinen. Making your home beautiful is the ultimate form of self-care. And what better time than the new year to care about yourself? You spend a third of your life in your sheets. Don't you want them to be insanely comfortable? And this new year, it's time to get comfortable. Like with new bedding, loungewear, towels, and more. Home of the Internet's favorite sheets, Brooklinen's got over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. People here are kind of funny. I've been using Brooklinen, and everyone agrees Brooklinen is the way to go. Portillo agrees as well. Uh, they've moved beyond the bedroom to offer essentials for your bathroom, like towels, shower curtains and bath mats and even launched an ultra soft loungewear that makes you feel like you never left the bed all luxury products without the luxury markup Uh, brooklinen.com is the perfect place to refresh for the new year go on and make yourself comfortable brooklinen is so confident in their product that all their sheets comforters loungewear and towels come with a lifetime warranty get 10 percent off your first order and free shipping on all your new sheets when you use the promo code games at brooklinen.com that's b-r-o-o-k-l-i-n-e-n.com brooklinen everything you need 
for your most comfortable life ever. And finally, it's Raid Shadow Legends. Uh, Raid is a mobile RPG done right. Not every RPG game must be cartoony and cutesy. Enough with candy, rainbows, unicorns, and bright colors. Get real, raw, dark, epic, and awesome. Raid Shadow Legends will take you to the world of dark fantasy and realism. And now, you can play Raid on both your mobile and desktop. The game is cross-device, so you can play with the same username and switch between devices whenever you want, however you want. Uh, everybody agrees the graphics on the PC version are amazing and the game is super fast as well. Raid has all the features you'd expect from a brand new RPG title like an amazing storyline, awesome 3D graphics, giant boss fights, PvP battles, and hundreds of champions to collect and customize. Check out the amazing graphics and details on the champions and in Raid, you have the ability to personally customize and choose the artifacts and design a unique mastery build for each one of them. And the best part is, it is free to play. Uh, more than 15 million players worldwide have already downloaded the game, so go and click the link in the description box and start playing. You'll not just enjoy one of the best mobile games of the moment, you'll also be supporting this show. So what are you waiting for? Download Raid via the link patreon.me slash kindoffunnygamesraid, which you'll also find in the description, and get a special package with 100,000 silver, two clan boss keys, 10 mystery shards, and the amazing champion adjudicator. This package will be available only for the next 30 days. Blessing. Yes. Crash Bandicoot doesn't do it for you. If no. I wanted to find a game that came out today for you that would do it for you, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, Marooners on Switch, The Turing Test on Switch, Crash Drive 2 on Switch, Car X Drift Racing Online on PS4, EQQO on Switch, Rune Lord on Switch, The Town of Light Deluxe Edition on Switch, Kitty Powers Matchmaker on Switch, Zero 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 on Switch, uh, Bridge Builder Adventure on Switch, Super Korotama on Switch, Celestial on PC, and Princess Castle Quest on PC. Deals of the day for you. IGN is reporting that Doom Eternal, you can pre-order the standard edition right now and save $10 on Walmart and Amazon. Plus, Barrett's got something to say. Oh, we already got here. Uh, yeah, the Batman Return to Arkham collection is only $5 on PSN. So if you're thinking of playing those games finally, because you're one of them dumb kids who waited yeah. so long. Why'd you wait so long? Yeah, yeah, you can uh, pick that up. And I don't know, I, like, I'm not a fighting game guy, mm -hmm. blessing Eddie Oya Jr., um, but... I really loved Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. A lot of people did. Uh, I remember posting it, like, tweeting out about it because there was a sale, like, a month ago. I had a lot of responses of people being like, oof. I'm like, it's not infinite. It's Marvel vs. Capcom 3. It's a solid game. It's not yeah. 2. Vanilla Marvel vs. Capcom 3 people had issues with. Yeah. But Ultimate, I've No, yeah, I've Ultimate is great. It's, it's it. not 2. 2 is the fucking yeah. goat. No, yeah. But Ultimate uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 is only $10 on PSN. And I know I'm, I'm a co-host of PSLVXOXO. Yeah. But it's also on Game Pass, I'm pretty sure. Uh, okay. I, th I, I hear Return to Arkham is also on Game Pass yeah. as well. <laughs> so so uh, anyway, play those games. Uh, time to squad up. This is where one of you writes into patreon.com slash games. Give them your name, username, why you need help on a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you, and everybody talks together. Uh, today, it is Zahari. Is that how you would say that one? How would you say it? Because it could be Hera, Heria, Hirei. Zere? 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 We're going to say Zere. Zere needs help on Xbox. I'm going to save the Xbox username for the end, but Zere's message goes like this because it's incredibly sweet. I'm a new stepdad who loves to chill with like-minded nerds and talk about Tesla, Apple, and other cool tech. I play mostly shooters at the moment, Apex, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, and Fortnite. If you would like to help out this new stepdad, 
who seems very lovely and yeah. intelligent. Hit him up on Xbox. His Xbox username is Deep in Yo Cheeks. <laughs> it's Deep in Yo Y O Cheeks, all one word. If you want to play some of those deep games, Deep in Yo Cheeks. Deep in Yo Cheeks. Wow. There Valentine's Day, is and soon, you can man. change it. You can change an Xbox Live username. You know Valentine's what I mean? Day is he very doesn't need soon. to carry that with him as a new stepdad. But don't you? What happens like... when the kid turns on this? And like, Wait, I'm sorry, stepdad. Are you deep in your cheeks? <laughs> what, uh, don't, don't you have to pay for it though? Huh? Don't you have to pay for it though? I think to, like, the first change. one's free, right? Or is that just mm, PSN? Maybe right this now? was the first change. God damn me! And now he's got to pay for it. Now he doesn't want to. Let's check in with you. Wrong. This is where you tell us what we screwed up as we screwed it up. I've been keeping it going as we go. It seems like zero uh, nanobiologists had three things to say. Number one, reminder. For the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, kind of, kind of, the kind of funny fan groups that you can find on Twitter at kind of NYC, kind of KC, kind of DC are all having meetups on February fifteenth to see the movie together. Awesome, uh, Nano. I'm gonna give it to him since he, he corrects us so much. I want he's talking about the crash icon. I want my icon to not look like his family is being held hostage <laughs> and must sell a mobile game to get them. Exactly. <laughs> That's not what it looks like. Yes, it does. And then. Uh, now, Biologist says, we missed a new date. Kingdom Hearts 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue is coming to Xbox One on February 18th, 2020. The first PS-only Kingdom Hearts game is coming to Xbox. Congratulations. Uh, this is, of course, Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday, we come to you with the nerdy video game news you need to know about. Uh, next week, it looks like this for hosts. Me and Blessing on Monday. Me and Imran on Tuesday. Blessing and Widow on Wednesday. Blessing and Tim on Thursday. Blessing and Tim on Friday. A big old blessing week because I'll be at Dice. Watch me host the awards with Jessica Choban. Will you see photos of me at Dice chasing down Shuhei Yoshida, Phil Spencer? You know you will. Chasing them down? Yeah. Oh no. I'm gonna have a cleaver. Oh no. <laughs> oh, watch out. <laughs> this is your warning, Dice. Get your security up to date. No, no, no. Uh, and also on Wednesday the 12th, it'll be the most iconic portable Nintendo games with Tim Blessing, Fran, and Imran. Yeah. Wednesday, 2 p.m. Patreon.com/slash kind of funny games. Ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go do the post show, so come to Patreon and watch that. But until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.